Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to step inside the Octagon with your host, Ike Feldman. What is up, fight fans? What's going on, y'all? It is your boy, Ike Feldman. Follow the show, call the show, get involved with the show. 646-820-9848. Another gigantic Iktagon episode. Hope you guys had a great weekend. The combat sports world is continuing. Continuing to spin on its axis. A lot to talk about. Dana White is still not suspended for his wild New Year's Eve actions of slapping his wife. I will slap you if you try to say different. Francis Ngannou is released from his UFC contract. He is a free agent. And that's not supposed to be playing, but maybe we could let it ride. UFC Fight Night, we're going to recap what Sean Strickland did against Nasruddin Imavov this past weekend on short notice. Very impressive. John Jones returns March 4th. Wow, it happened. Usman and Edwards 3 is agreed upon for the March 18th UFC London pay-per-view card. Wow, that's going to be awesome. Great job by Edwards getting his wish and to fight in front of the home fans in the O2 arena. But I hope you guys are doing well. It is time to get to the nitty-gritty, which is the biggest topic that has happened in combat sports it should be the biggest topic in sports if roger goodell adam silver nfl nba fred manfred of the mlb gary bettman of the nhl if they slapped their wife and it was caught on video you bet your sweet ass they would have been suspended in no less no more, excuse me, than 24 hours. It's been now over two weeks since the video has been released of Dana White slapping his wife to TMZ. And he has still received zero punishment from the UFC brass. Dana White must be suspended from his duties as UFC president immediately. And it's an embarrassment why he hasn't been already. Now, I want you guys to hear these two clips. Uh, one was presented from John Morgan, the other from Brett Akamoto, John of MixedMartialArts.com, Brett of ESPN.com. And in these clips, Dana White is talking about that, yeah, you know, they don't need to suspend me. My punishment enough is me having to look my kids in the eye, having to look my wife in the eye, to, to walk around with this kind of scarlet letter on my forehead that, yeah, I'm the idiot who slapped my wife 
drunkenly on New Year's Eve in a public balcony. That's my punishment enough. No, 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 no. No, it's not, Dana. No, 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 no. He's saying that he could have stepped back or sat out during COVID, but he loves the job. He had to keep keep going. It, it was pure passion to push forward during COVID. He could have retired, resigned, done something different after the 2016 sale from Zufa onto Endeavor, WME hyphen IMG. I think he made about 320 plus million from that sale. He said he could have stepped out, but he enjoys the process, the travel, the promotion, the intensity that surrounds the fight. It's, it's his passion. Well, what would happen if they ripped away your passion and you had to sit with your thoughts and think about the weight of your actions from that video? The weight of slapping your wife multiple times. Dana White is a... He's not your average executive. This isn't Roger Goodell. This isn't Adam Silver. This isn't Gary Bettman or Robert Manfred. Dana White has actually trained in boxing. He coached boxing back in Boston many, many years ago. He's been surrounded by fighters. I would almost bet that he's had personal private lessons with some of his UFC champions. Dana White was going to train to box Tito Ortiz maybe 10, 15 years ago. Dana White knows how to throw a punch. He has the technique. More than another executive in his position, he can deliver more force to that slap. But that is semantics. Dana White slapped his wife and he has still not been suspended. If you rip away what he's saying is his passion, he will have to sit with his thoughts and think about what he did. Like a two-year-old, like a four-year-old. Sit in the corner and think about what you have done. You'll be surrounded by your kids. You'll be surrounded by your wife. By ripping away the outlet that is going to the office, the Vegas office, the UFC Apex, traveling to Brazil for this week's pay-per-view event, traveling to London in March for the UFC pay-per-view event, that is his outlet. That is an escape from reality. By ripping that outlet away from him, in my opinion, it will make him have to reflect. And here's the clip from Dana White. He doesn't need to reflect. He could have sat out through all the changes in the world with COVID, inside the company with the sale. But he did not. 
He's doing this because he loves it. If you love it so much, and if this is what you value, which clearly he does, the man has a passion for what he does, you make him sit. And this is it. We're not ripping away his kids or his family from him. We're ripping away. He is in a position of leadership. He needs to act as such. If you rip, and he's the in the position of being the UFC president as Dana White. And he slapped his wife. He has a slap fighting show. Make the man sit out and think about what he has done. It's cowardice. It's weak. It's it's sad in the end why Endeavor and Ari Emanuel specifically has not stepped in. And it's basically disappointing that delinquent behavior and violence outside of competition is widely accepted in MMA. Too often people see MMA as that's what happens in MMA. You know, that's it's it's MMA. So you have these outrageous outbursts, these crazed athletes. They train fighting they probably fight in their regular life. No. Martial artists need must be held to a higher standard of ethics than all other sports. More than football, more than basketball players, baseball players, martial artists are walking weapons. Football players, yeah, they can get in fights in the clubs, fights with their spouses, but they aren't trained to be disciplined. They aren't trained to throw a punch. Martial artists need to be held to a higher standard. And it's sad that Conor McGregor's crazed acts with a dolly in the bus with punching an older man in a bar because he refused to accept a drink of his proper 12, punching a DJ in Italy, slapping a... a a bystander's phone from him. That is not how true martial artists behave. And it's, it almost seems that a responsible martial artist, somebody who respects their skills and acquired physical attributes are only seen on silver screens. You know, the humble... Humble warrior who walks away. I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. It seems like it's only for movies and Netflix nowadays. The The humble martial artist cannot be found in the UFC. Um, and I'm saying that facetiously because 99.999% of the fighters in the UFC carry themselves with grace and dignity and pride and respect and humility and are humble and they have their ego in check. But Conor McGregor and Dana White are the face of mixed martial arts. They're the face of the UFC. And that is what gets played on UFC, excuse me, what gets shown on ESPN, Fox, NBC, CBS, is Dana White, is Conor McGregor. You know, I was very disappointed 
in Khabib because I, I followed Khabib's career for years before the jump in the cage incident. But Khabib's introduction to the public was him jumping the cage and everybody says, oh, it's this crazed Muslim. No. I was very disappointed in Khabib for not beating down Connor and just humbly winning, taking the win in stride, getting the belt wrapped around his waist, and not having a fire or vengeance in his eyes. It was uh, that was uh, that was very disappointing uh, from Khabib. It was out of character and. There is no excuse for it. There is absolutely zero excuse for it. If Khabib humbly, with that major audience watching him at UFC 229 back in October of 2018, if Khabib took that win in stride, humbly, I think it could have changed the trajectory of how this sport is represented. Just the tick. But these things happen in MMA. Cage fights, fighters jump in, dollies, uh, uh, the an executive slapping his wife. This is this is martial arts, folks. This is martial arts. Crazed people doing crazed things. There's a reason why people have this understanding that in Texas, because everybody can carry an arm there's less crime there's more respect because at any given moment you can be shot if you're being a complete douche that's how i see martial artists and that's how i felt being in these big gyms boxing jujitsu kickboxing everybody's a killer but everybody carries themselves with grace humility Kindness, politeness. You go to, into one of these gyms. And you're like, man, that guy is an absolute killer. I don't even want to make eye contact with them. I don't want to look in their direction. I don't even want to breathe the air they're breathing because they might kill me. And then you cross their path and they go, Hey, man, how you doing? How's everything? How's everything going? You're like, whoa, you're a killer, man. You are an absolute gent, and I appreciate your humility. But meanwhile, if you're on a job site, if you're doing a trade, or if you're in an office, or if you are in in school, in college, everybody has this machismo asshole attitude and they carry themselves like, yeah, what the, what the, you, what do you want? What do you want? What are you looking at? And then it takes hours to peel back the layers for them to be, to show their, their kindness. But meanwhile, on the flip, the martial artist, boxer, kickboxer, jujitsu practitioner, immediately at the, at the word go, they're friendly, they're kind, they're patient. They're polite. It's refreshing. Uh, I try to train as much as I can, three, four, five, six times a week, just because it's it's a world inside of a world. 
is the best way to describe these combat sports gym. It's 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 beautiful. It, it is uh it's drinking from the, the the fountain of peace basically going inside these gyms. Everybody has these acquired skills, but there is respect, humility, kindness. It, it's it's a beautiful thing to see. And with God's help, I, I plan to make martial artists part of my daily routine for the rest of my life. And I pray that that can happen because it is a it's it's a beautiful synergy that I feel every time I step into one of these gyms. And it's upsetting that Dana White is around this constantly. Conor McGregor, of course, obsessed. But they carry themselves like poor men. They don't act like rich people in a position of power. They're acting like petty, poor douches. And it's sad because I tried to lean towards the people of power to say, hey, how are they doing things? How can I steal from them to help on my own side to acquire more success? But often, very often, I'm seeing that they bleed just like me. They are humans. They make mistakes. And they are on a big stage. You would think that they're with the responsibility and the more power that they would carry themselves even tighter to the line tighter to the line but it just shows you how big their egos are that they think they are the law and they think they can rule with an iron fist they think they can swing their iron fist at innocent bystanders it's sad it's infuriating and is not the way of a true martial artist or somebody that knows how to do physical damage like somebody like dana white it's sad, and I hope that Ari Emanuel, the owner of the UFC, steps in, makes his voice heard, makes his presence felt. This is under the Disney banner, man. Come on. Uh, I need better. I need much better from the UFC, from Ari Emanuel, from Dana White, the fighters, Conor McGregor at the, the face of the fighters. I need a lot more from them. Otherwise, the UFC is going to get caught sleeping and more of what just happened is going to continue to happen and then the UFC will no longer be the the go-to promotion for MMA. They're slipping lately. And there is... Big signs that this has actually happened. And one of the signs is that Francis Ngannou, one of the greatest UFC heavyweight champions of all time, he's beaten the greatest UFC champion of all time in Stipe Miocic. He's climbing the ranks, stamping his, engraving his name in the history books. Knockout after knockout after knockout after spectacular performance. Francis Ngannou is a free agent and can sign and fight wherever the man pleases. He can fight Tyson Fury. 
He can fight in Bellator. He can fight in PFL. He can fight in boxing. The man is a free agent. The baddest man on the planet. No, not Tyson Fury. No, not formerly Mike Tyson. Francis Ngannou would kill Tyson Fury in a street fight. In a straight up, no whole bars fight, Francis Ngannou would murder Tyson Fury. This is the most dangerous man on planet Earth, Francis Ngannou. And he could not be more sweet. I've had multiple in-studio, face-to-face interactions with Francis Ngannou, and he cannot be more secure with himself. He could not be more humble. He could not be a better listener. He is eloquent. He is smart. He is a pleasure to be around. He is a gentle giant. Francis Ngannou is turning out to be this generation's Muhammad Ali. A wild, wild, wild story he has. Getting from Cameroon, a 14-month journey. And I'm not going to deep dive into it. If you want to hear it, listen to the Joe Rogan podcast where Francis Ngannou explains detail by detail about his journey from Cameroon to France. To get to a democracy in France, get to a better financial environment where he can pursue his dream of being a champion. And he did it. He trained at, I believe it was called MMA Factory in France under uh, Ferdinand Lopez. And they achieved great heights together. Then Francis moved to the States, Vegas, trained under Eric Nixick of Extreme Couture, I believe it is, and became one of the greatest UFC champions of all time. And he is now a free freaking agent. He went into his UFC 270 main event fight against Cyril Gahn, some like true absolute martial arts stuff there. Cyril Gahn, his opponent at UFC 270, was the next protege. After Francis left the MMA factory to move to Vegas, Cyril Gahn slid in there and became the next protege and became the interim UFC champion. And this was a fight against two Ferdinand Lopez students. And Francis Ngannou, with a torn ACL, went in there and beat the man that was supposed to beat him and became a free agent. Francis did not want to re-sign before the fight. Typically, to take you guys behind the curtain, the UFC will not let you get to the last fight in your contract, especially if you are a UFC champion. They want to re-sign you for four, six, eight more fights to keep you under their control. Understood. But Francis, he bet on himself. He bet on himself. He said, no, I want to be a free agent. So then the UFC has the clause where Francis cannot sign anywhere for an exact year after his last competition. And that year has come. It was January 2022. It is now January 2023. Francis still hadn't signed. I don't know why the UFC couldn't come to terms with Francis Ngannou, one of the most humble men. It's sad that Dana White can be chumming up with Conor McGregor. You see him in 
Ferraris together down the Las Vegas Strip. You see Dana White was always checking in on Conor McGregor in the documentary. They seem boys. They're playing video games together, hanging out. Very cool. It seemed like they understood each other. But Francis Ngannou and Dana White were always at odds for the last five years. Just couldn't see eye to eye. And it's sad because maybe Francis does is exactly opposite of Connor. And both are completely okay. Connor is this brash, outspoken person in public, but maybe behind the scenes he's soft-spoken and is just absolutely searching to get the deal signed and get the deal done. But Francis is this humble guy in person, but behind the scenes he has demands and he wants those demands met. I understand both. I actually lean more towards Francis. I try to carry myself humble, but behind closed doors, I am shooting for these demands to be met because I know how hard I work. I know how hard I am working. I know what I've done. So I understand Francis's style. The UFC does not. Francis Ngannou was on Ara Hawani's MMA show, and he was advocating for, in this contract, the reason why I make the comparison to Francis and Muhammad Ali is because Muhammad Ali started the Muhammad Ali Act, which was something that could benefit all fighters. Something of a union to make sure the fighter is the number one player in a contract negotiations or promotion that the fighters at the forefront of the revenue which is makes a ton of sense this is this sport has the highest consequences out of any athletic endeavor not football fighting 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 and yet these fighters make half maybe even less than what the players in baseball basketball and football and hockey make Hockey players make 40% of the revenue. Baseball, basketball, and football make 5 to 10% more than what hockey players make in revenue. Fighters for the UFC make about 20%. Make about 20%. That $99 million that was reported from Forbes after Conor McGregor fought Floyd Mayweather couldn't be further than the truth. Conor McGregor probably got about 25 to $30 million of that. Dana White sitting there with a wide grin during the entire media tour with McGregor Mayweather got about 70 to 75% of that bag. What Francis Ngannou was advocating for was... fighters to be able to wear sponsors on their shorts okay health insurance all year round not just from inaction injuries and for basically a low level union something that the fighters are represented in meetings that they have a say in the decision making and the direction 
of the league, which is the UFC. I agree with that. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And it's insane that that could be dismissed. And I get it. Uh, I'm sure there's more T's and I's that are not publicly being crossed or dotted that we aren't privy to. But you're going to let the heavyweight champion of the world, the baddest man on the planet, walk to sign anywhere? Okay. Okay, UFC. Okay, this is not not a good sign. Not at all. Now, I'm not talking about Nate Diaz. I'm not talking about Connor. Khabib. Those guys can be very difficult to negotiate with, to move anywhere in the tug of war of the negotiations. But Francis Ngannou, he carries himself with a high chin. He carries himself with grace and humility. Francis Ngannou is a true martial artist. Dana White, Connor, they should strive to be more like Francis Ngannou and not surround themselves or protect themselves or insulate themselves with people who will say what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. And it comes with no surprise that we get fight announcements of Justin Gaethje, Rafael Fiziev, Leon Edwards, Kamaru Usman three, and Cyril Gan and John Jones for the heavyweight title right around this news. John Jones returning is no coincidence that the UFC would like to sweep the Francis Ngannou free agency under the rug, and more importantly, sweep Dana White's personal problems under the rug. It's sad. (sighs) Who cares, man? John Jones has been out for three years. He's not fighting Francis Ngannou. He's not fighting Stipe Miocic. He's fighting Cyril Ghan. And no disrespect to Cyril, this is an easier fight for John Jones. Stipe Miocic has a wrestling background. Francis Ngannou has improved wrestling. Francis Ngannou hits like a Mack truck. John Jones and Dana White are buddy-buddy in the sense. And look at that shit of company. Dana White, Conor McGregor, and John Jones. Filthy, filthy, filthy. And they're in cahoots. They are in cahoots to push out Francis Ngannou. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, a a lot of the media is enabling this behavior of the UFC. I really would have liked to have seen Hunter Campbell, what he's about during this time, with a Dana White suspension, minimum six months. A year is nice. Maybe just forever step back from being a public figure for the UFC. Yeah, he could keep his job. After a suspension, 
but get out of my face. I will never listen to a Dana White press conference again. Those used to be the highlights, one of my favorite parts of a UFC pay-per-view event. After the chaos of the fights and the results, I used to just make an appointment YouTube TV to sit there and wait for Dana White to come on the live stream to hear what he had to say. Well spoken on the mic, but absolute shambles in his personal life. Uh, I don't even want to talk about the John Jones thing either right now. I don't. It's uh, let's move on for that. I, I will play for you guys another on another day the clips of Francis Ngannou on uh, Errol Hawani. I'm going to listen to that interview. Errol Hawani seems to be cooling off after these weeks, especially with the news di- digesting it with Dana White. Kind of, uh, Errol Hawani has the upper hand and is just. Yeah, he comes out smelling like roses in this Dana White versus Ariel Hawani saga. But spinning it forward, UFC Fight Night 217, UFC Vegas 67. Sean Strickland steps in on short notice. Kelvin Gastelum had to deal with some medical issues. Sean Strickland fights Nasser Dean Imavov. His style, his way, brings the fight to his level. Uh, I love what the uh, the commentary was uh, commentary was saying that uh, they're making. Uh, Strictly is making Imavol fight his style of fight, making it a grinded out, gritty fight. And uh, I thought it was excellent performance from Sean Strickland. Uh, gutted it out, was not in the best shape, had a, a little bit of an ice cream tub going on in the basement. Uh, but he gutted it out, caught his win, caught his stride. He he was the last main event of 2022, and now he's the first main event of 2023. Uh, fought less than a month ago, five-round fight, and back in there does another five rounds. Uh, I hope they paid him a shit ton of money. It is well-deserved. Uh, I have much respect for Sean Strickland. Wildly impressed with his performance. It was a, an excellent performance. And Sean Strickland deserves every single dollar that he got. Just gritty boxing. Grinded out fight. A takedown when he needed to. Excellent performance from Sean Strickland. It, again, he has my respect. And uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what's next for him. He has recovered from the Alex Pereira knockout officially. Okay. The Jared Cannonier fight, he was a little tentative, understandably. I mean, he got his clock clean from Pereira in July, fought in December, tentative. Comes back less than a month later, not tentative, balls to the wall, swinging for the fences. It was an excellent performance from Sean Strickland, and he has my respect. So, I hope I have your guys' respect. At Ike the Gone everywhere. Let me know if I do have your respect. At Ike Feldman on Twitter. Get involved with the show if you have the ovaries or the balls. At Ike the Gone. I K E T A G O N. Or read it. Let, let's see. Dude. Whoa, whoa. Right there, 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 right there. Six four six eight two zero ninety eight forty eight. Get involved with the show. I love you guys. 
I appreciate you for tuning in, liking the show, subscribing. Um, and I appreciate you guys showing the support. I really do. Have a great day. I will talk to you soon this week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.